0: evening. Good evening. Welcome to the Keeping It Real Conversation show with your host, Camila, a.k.a. Sunshine. It is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. I can't believe we're almost close to another month, on um, the fourth month of the year, which is crazy. Seemed like we just woke up in January and now we're almost in April. Again, we always state that we are glad to be in the land of the living, of course. Um, I believe in Six Degrees of Separation. You're literally one person away, one advice away, one help away from where you need to be in your destiny. We're live on a Facebook page. We're live on the YouTube channel, the name of the show. It is the same thing on Twitch and Twitter. Again, follow us wherever you need to be, as well as like, share, and subscribe. As I always say, I have some of the best guests that come on this show every single week. This is no different. Um, this guy right here um, has achieved so many things that most people have not. what most people wish they could do. Um, he make it look so easy. but however, he's here tonight. Um, we have Dr. Eddie Connor here and we're gonna get into his bio. So you guys, I want y'all to take notes of all the things that this man have accomplished in the short time that he has been here on this earth and still chugging along. Um, empowering people to uh, overcome obstacles and walk in their unique purpose is the real life message shared by Dr. Eddie Connor, who is a survivor of stage four cancer. Dr. Eddie is an empowerment speaker college professor, founder of the Eagles Academy, which empowers you to soar into success and purpose. He has also served as the president of the Natural National Entrepreneurships Association of Michigan. As an author of 14, yes I said it, 14 best-selling books, not just your average books, it said best-selling books dr eddie is the founder of the mentoring program boys to books which empowers young males via literacy leadership and life skills enrichment as an aide to former u.s congressman um henson clark is that right yeah mm-hmm. dr connor assisted in crafting a bipartisan resolution to address the urgent um, crisis of illiteracy in America affecting Black and Hispanic males. The resolution became the for the President Barack Obama's My Brother's Keeper initiative. Dr. Eddie is also a recipient of the President of Barack Obama Volunteer Service Award and the President Barack Obama Lifetime Achievement Award from the White House. He is recognized as one of Top thirty-five millennial influencers in America, listed in the top one hundred leaders in Who's Who in Black Detroit, named to the Michigan Chronicle's top forty under forty, and Arthur of the Year by Kingdom Image Awards. You may have seen him featured on ABC, BT, CBS, Ebony, Fox, Jet, Lifetime TV, NBC, PBS, The Steve Harvey Show. What? the Tom Joyner Show, the Huffington um, Post, Mentoring Kings, and USA Today. He has been a guest on the Potter's Touch and was an empowerment speaker at Bishop T.D. Jakes MegaFest. He was featured in the acclaimed BET documentary, It Takes a Village to Raise Detroit. He is also stars in the movie Lady Luck 2. As a highly sought after communicator, Dr. Eddie speaks intensively at Churches or instinctively, churches, colleges, conferences by empowering people to uh, maximize their purpose. Dr. Eddie Connor grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, and currently lives in Detroit, Michigan. You guys, I want you to welcome Dr. Eddie Connor to the show.
1: Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Glad to get a little sunshine with sunshine today.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We needed it with all of this dreadful, off and on rain today we had in Detroit.
1: That is, that's the truth.
0: So let's get to the beginning. So it said that you um, lived in Jamaica. You were born in Jamaica.
1: No, I just grew up there. Uh, my parents were, yeah, my parents were uh, prior to their divorce were missionaries to the island. So, uh, it was a great experience to be there, uh, seeing them work in ministry, but just, uh, the, the beauty and the magnitude of, of Jamaica, despite sometimes the depravity.
0: Mm-hmm. So what could you say is, um, a, I guess a big difference between being in Jamaica and in, uh, in the United States?
1: Well, weather, of course. <laughs> that's, that's definitely one uh, definitely do miss the weather uh, I, I think it is the you know being from the D you know we, we are determined but I think Jamaicans are incredibly resilient Jamaicans are straight up hustlers and that's probably mm-hmm. why I am uh, a person who's going to juggle a whole bunch of jobs myself today um, mm-hmm. they, they, they will stretch um, uh, $100 out of a dime and uh, it is their resiliency. It's the fact that they're just a, really a, a loving, caring people. You know, when they say Jamaica, no problem, yeah, man, they really say no problem. It's just going to be, you know, uh, sweat off my back. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to stress about it. And they're, they're, they're faith filled people. Uh, sometimes we won't drive around the block to go to church, they'll mm-hmm. walk miles to get there. Mm-hmm. So I think it is their, their hunger and their hustle that uh, really uh, I have adopted and has made me who I am. And so I like the song, the, the the national theme song says, Jamaica land we love.
0: Absolutely. So let's go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, in growing up, um, did you have an idea that you would be different? Like, did you feel different as far as um, different from your peers?
1: I would say so, uh, especially coming back from Jamaica. Um, I had a Jamaican accent, you know, And so I used to get teased about it. Uh, and I, I felt different right then and there. I, I grew up playing soccer, you know, in okay. the United States, you got to play ball. You got to play basketball, or football. So uh, I, I picked up the basketball, you know, just trying to fit in. But I, I, I still felt... Hey, you know that I was different. Most uh, children my age at that time had never been on a plane, much less lived in another place on the planet outside of the nine mile radius uh, Mm -hmm. their own world. So uh, I had a global perspective as a as a young kid. So.
0: What about like reading and um, your education part, did you feel like you were different from the kids as well?
1: That's a good question because when i went to school over in jamaica and came back to the states they wanted to double promote me i was the education the british education was so far advanced uh, than the american school system mm-hmm. uh, my mother said no let's you're gonna stay with your peers we don't want you to be too too far ahead and uh you know with development and maturation physically and things of that nature so um yeah i i i felt reading and, and math and all that stuff i was you know well ahead mm-hmm. um but come my high school years I, my grades didn't really reflect that I, I didn't really have a love for school as much as i did when i was in jamaica i started just to just to enjoy uh, gym and lunch i,
0: I understand
1: two classes you feel me
0: <laughs> i understand yeah. um so with i guess looking back On those, your decision, your parents' decision for holding you and saying, "Look, you need to be with your peers." Do you feel like that actually hindered you, or did that help you?
1: Um, I wish I would have probably experienced it because it's a what if. What if you know uh, I would have been double promoted? What would that have been like? You know, when you think about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. graduating from high school. Early. Uh, enrolling in college at 16. <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's <laughs> unprecedented so it, it is a what if but i think it all evened out and i think it all uh worked out the way it, it should have but it is the the what if yeah. um
0: i think a lot of us um i had the opportunity to be double promoted as well mm. and my mom said no um wow uh, there was the advancement of an elementary, like okay, go to base academy, um, different things of that nature, um, and she was like, "Yeah, no, I think she still needs the the social skill with the people around her."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, some things, I'm like, uh, maybe it would have took me a different path of maybe not. Um, we have a habit of. Trying to fit in with everybody else and dumbing ourselves down to try to fit in with everybody else, when I could have, you know, been challenged, um, and accepted the challenges, and you know, yeah, that kind of kind of thing. So I felt like sometimes um, that was a hindrance for me on being last a day ago. Because everybody else around me is, I not want to say mediocre. I don't want to say that. Um, mm-hmm. But not really challenging. So I would get in trouble on the, because um, I was bored.
1: Right. It, yeah.
0: It, yeah. I was bored.
1: I was, I was there too. Yep. No challenge. Was,
0: mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, now I got to do extra work. Um, and I'm still finishing early and everybody else is. So now I'm bored and now I'm about to mess with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, yeah,
0: so yeah, that was I fun. Feel you.
1: Um, mm-hmm. so
0: we're this elementary, we're in middle school. Um, in, in these um younger stages of your life, um, were you drawn to reading and words and um books or fantasy? what is it about um because you're on the educational path right
1: right right um, so did yep. you
0: see this when you were younger
1: no not at all i was i was into the arts too i was into sports and the arts i actually played uh violin uh mm. as a kid yeah uh, i used to get teased about that you know i'm sure black imagine a black boy <laughs> walking to school with a big old violin not not band band gonna get teased too but at least you had a trumpet at least you you were playing percussion or or something like that Mm -hmm. but i'm in the orchestra and uh with a with a feel of rum balls on and a high top fade uh playing with you know maybe it was another guy or two in there with me but primarily just women young girls and uh i'm playing in the orchestra and i'm really good i played by ear and I was in the mm. Detroit Symphony Orchestra at one point. Wow. Uh, but I, they teased me so bad that I said, I'm putting the violin down. And uh, I, I was trying to play trumpet. And my, my cheeks were looking like Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> so and I came home with, a so- with, with sore lips every day uh, wow. trying to try to fit in, uh, because I probably could have been a hip hop violinist today. So, so um, yeah,
0: that's another. Subway into trying right. to fit in yes. And You could have been something Totally different um True. If you stuck with it um Not trying to fit in with everybody else Because you know as I always say You know being a trailblazer Is definitely different It's a different path mm-hmm. People are not going to understand The vision of whatever you have to do But God called you to do Something different from everyone else And sometimes you know being in those moments it's a lonely road
1: oh without a doubt yeah
0: it's real lonely
1: yeah
0: and we we as humans we don't like being alone
1: (laughs) (laughs) right so you're thinner when you go higher
0: (laughs) yes and everybody can't you know rise up to the that point they can't everybody don't have the lung Uh capacity you got to train yourself come on you literally have to train yourself (laughs) in different aptitudes and nobody really understands that until you hear it from athletes who might have been on the east coast and have to go to colorado and and they Mm -hmm. like i'm about to pass out why and they like oh we used to this because we live here Mm -hmm. now you got to train yourself how to breathe differently so, wow, I done heard two different times where you didn't stop doing something because you tried to fit in with everybody else.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, as a kid, identity crisis is everything, you know? What? Yeah. Jeez. Try to fit where you don't belong.
0: Try to fit where you don't <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a preach right there.
1: Come on now. You you could take a text is- right now
0: right go now ahead, go
1: ahead take your text
0: please <laughs> i mean to tell you that is really it
1: yeah um yeah.
0: so now we we heard i'm i'm all like tapping into these things and i'm like okay now what we going to find out somewhere else that he he did he was like you know what <sighs> this time i'm gonna listen right so we we now understand and what i'm hearing is God had already had you on a different path in mm. actually two different areas already. But of course, as humans, we have free will and choice.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh, that's a preach right there too. <laughs> <laughs> we have free will and choice and we that's choose right. sometimes against what he wants. Now, even in that, he knew you was going to choose something different but what he'll do is he'll give you time to figure it out and you'll end up getting back on the path that he chose for you so now that we got that out the way educated talented gifted and so the orchestra was that was middle school or high school uh middle school Okay, so what is the next moment for Dr. Connors after middle school?
1: Well, after middle school, um, you know, I I was was really picking up the basketball. And uh, I remember playing in church leagues and you got me going into the archives in my mind now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was never playing at, <laughs> I remember playing in church leagues and I, and I was always a super competitive kid. I remember playing in church leagues and, and they had to throw me out the game. I'm probably about 10 years old. I, I had a, I got these basketball trophies and stuff like that. They had to throw me out the game because I was yelling at the ref. You know, as a kid, you, you idolize all the, you idolize your sports heroes. And mine was Michael Jordan. And you know, I saw how he was so intense on the court, and I'm emulating that on the court to where uh my mama had to pull me to the side. Son, what are you doing? We yelling at no ref. Play your game, let the ref make the call, but don't be embarrassed of me because I'm gonna have to discipline you. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, I think that 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 competitive fire and that energy I had to learn how to channel that. And um when I got to high school, you know, uh I think it was a a very, uh, it was a precarious time for me because my parents had gone through a divorce. Um, My father was not, you know, in the home. And, uh, you know, the question becomes how do you play, how do you become a man if you don't see one? Uh, How do you play a role if you weren't given a script? And the man I look like the most seemingly cared for me the least, and I'm dealing with chest pains around the age of 15. Um, didn't really want to talk about it because, you know, as boys becoming men, you got to be hard. You got to be tough. Don't cry. Pain is weakness, even the body. You know, you fall off a bike uh, at the age of four. Stand up, be a man. I'm four, yeah. now, 44. Mm-hmm. So um, dealing with all that and the, and the chest pains and my mother's saying something's not right with you. Something's going on. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And it literally feels uh, as I'm over my friend's house during Christmas vacation watching a football game, can't breathe by halftime. I'd been having pet chest pain for a couple of weeks and uh, it felt like somebody was stabbing me in my chest, right in my heart. And mm-hmm. uh, his, we don't have a license. I don't have a license to drive. He don't have a license to drive either. His mother has to pick me up, take me to the hospital. My mother meets me there. And uh, the sw- doctors are swirling all around my hospital bed and uh, they're doing a CT scan of the chest. They initially thought it was a punctured lung and they see that they need to take me to surgery immediately. Um, my cells in my body are growing so fast that they could see them growing with the naked eye when they took me to surgery. And I had mm-hmm. a tumor around my heart, my trachea, my esophagus, my voice box. Um, and I felt great coming out of surgery. The doctor says, Eddie, hold on. Don't think about basketball. Don't think about gym and lunch in school. You have what we call NHL. Now, uh, Sunshine, I thought I hit the lottery. I mm-hmm. said, I'm getting ready to be the youngest owner of a National Hockey League team. Right, right. I don't, even, I don't even like the red wings.
0: Right,
1: right. <laughs> He's like, no, you have uh non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'm like, doc, my first language is because I'm still trying to learn English. What right, is that? Right,
0: right. What is that? He
1: says, right. He says, you have not one, not two, not three, but four. I'm filling my pockets to find four dollars. He says, stage four cancer. I'm like, I'm just starting my life. Now I'm fighting for my life. Stage four cancer. That's a death sentence. Cause I knew my best friend that I grew up with He died of cancer. My cousin died of cancer. My aunt died of cancer. So to experience all of that, to hear that, I'm like, I guess I'm next. And, um, you know, it was a painful time. Chemo radiation for uh, five days a week out of school my sophomore year. Um, uh, Losing my hair to watch your own hair follicles come out of your head. To wake up in the morning and see your hair in your hands and you run into the the mirror and you crying, balling out of control. Um, You know, it it was the the prayers of my mama. You know, like Song said, my mama prayed for me, had me on her mind, took the time to pray for me. And she said, hey, you know, you're not going to die. You're not going to give up in this. Her love for me made me fight because I was ready to go. She said, you got to go to Psalm 118 and 17, which says, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And so uh, to find the cancer, to even go back to Jamaica, where I grew up and take a vacation while I was getting chemo and radiation, to preach my first message there, to get the people, to, to have those people pray for me. Uh, the prayers of the righteous as much. And, uh, you know, cancer made me cry, but it didn't make me quit. So blessed wow. to, to live through dying places. 2023 is 23 years being cancer free amen yeah
0: wow and the the ironic thing Mm -hmm. about how God do things so on Tuesday I just had a, a doctor who um does radiation therapy um and I'm not putting two and two together that I just had a doctor on for radiation therapy and now I have wow. one who actually survived cancer. Um, mm. I'm like, God, you're amazing. Wow. Um, and her reasoning for going to radiation therapy was her father found out he had prostate cancer. Mm. And, um, and she went to school for that just to make sure she knew the disease. She knew the early stages um, of what needs to be done Even she's fighting laws And regulations now To make sure that people can get Early, earlier Mammograms and things of that nature Instead of waiting till you're 40 Waiting until you actually They're saying no, you don't have it It's just this, it's just that No, if we caught it and you listened To me earlier mm-hmm. I might have still been here So um, mm-hmm. It's a different type of um, survival story when you're a kid yeah and seeing possibly seeing your life before you like wow i'm 15 why do i have this burden to bear mm-hmm. in your opinion going through this as a 15 year old what do you think was god purpose for you during this time
1: that's a great question because my first question was why me why now now one of the things that was so when i think about it in retrospect which is crazy to me when the doctor gave me the diagnosis he told me this he's like don't ask why like you give me a diagnosis and you telling me what not to ask what kind of follow-up is that <clears throat> you, know, you, you my physician you're not my psychologist and for the next uh 18 months two years um close to it, the chemo and the radiation and, and me asking why, why me? Why now? You know, um, something that's going through that. I wouldn't even have wished it on my worst enemy, uh, because of, of the depression, the mental discombobulation, the, the, the pain beyond just the spinal taps and the, 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 the the, ne- the needles driven into your veins, um, just all of it, you know, um, and Coming out of cancer, I think the answer I received was the fact that my testimony, the test became the testimony. And it's it's as if God was speaking to me. This is why I allowed you to go through this so that you could be a testament and a testimony that I'm still a miracle worker. That you can go through the fire and you still don't smell the smoke. And this is the thing. We love God's deliverance, but we don't really shout about sustenance. Mm. Like <laughs> you know, that Mm-mm. right. The miracle of the woman with the issue of blood is not that she was healed, but that she was sustained for 12 years. The miracle for me is, yes, I was healed, but it's also that he sustained me in the midst of the chemo and the radiation, in the midst of the fact that the tumor had already grown and metastasized, but I was still alive.
0: And still growing. Right. Wow.
1: So not just deliverance, but sustenance to let them know that yes, I can deliver you, I can heal you, but I can also sustain you in the midst of the struggle.
0: Wow. That yeah. that is um a aw- ultimate um an awesome s- story, as we say, story, because now this is this is recorded. This is in the books. This is yeah. not just ringing the bell. It's the mm. lifestyle change. It's the every day that I wake up, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful because I remember when mm-hmm. I was in a hospital. Couldn't get up, couldn't go out, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. But yet and still, I'm still here and I'm cancer free. Yeah, That is wow. And I'm I'm thinking... As I say, you know, God be talking to me. I want you to point out this. In this, you learn God's greatest love, right? Mm. His His great love. We, we're coming up on Easter. And you understand what Jesus went through for our healing. He What he went through for just for us to breathe. Just for us to have hope and faith. In tomorrow is I got to pull on something.
1: Mm.
0: My mom is here, but she can't save me. Yes, God. In those moments at nighttime when she might have had to go home. I know there was conversations with God. Had to be. Oh, yeah. Because when, when we were young and we have dreamed up in our mind what our life is going to look like what our destiny is going to look like we're never saying we're going to come up with a disease
1: no no we don't put that in there
0: no we don't no that's that's not in the scripts who put that in there
1: right <laughs> exactly uh
0: yeah. who,
1: who wrote this I, in here who wrote this what? in here because
0: yeah. i showed sure didn't so i i understand completely that Sometimes we say, you know, God has a sense of humor, even in our pain. He's still looking out for us. God mm. that, that is, ooh, he's such like, an amazing, um, person that it is just, um, it's hard to put him in words mm. because we'll never understand it. We'll never get the whole gist of him. It's too much. And we can't handle it (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: um
0: so now that we have survived cancer what does that next step look like for you
1: yeah i remember uh you know if we had the movie the color purple on the screen i'd tell you just like sophia tonight all my life i had had (laughs) (laughs) so i felt like the battles kept coming for me uh, uh yeah i remember uh was about 17 at this time and i'm in my guidance counselor's office and all the seniors are getting excited juniors are getting excited for the next level and i'm, I'm coming out of the office upset and what transpired in the office is that she said eddie you ain't going to college matter of fact don't think about community college pick up a trade because she saw my uh she knew my favorite two classes in school with gym and lunch and my grades reflected that <laughs> And um, I said, all right, I've been through the worst already. I I mean, I've been through through cancer. I'm not going to let a counselor Mm. from a guidance counselor where I got no guidance or counseling try Mm. to stop me. And so I wrote an essay to uh, Eastern Michigan University and uh, I got in on probation. I got in on academic probation. And uh, if I did not perform well my first semester, I was not going to be on the college campus. And so I went from like a 2.7 graduating from high school to a 3.7 in my first semester at EMU. Mm. And uh, it, it was letting me know like, hey, you know, you out of your mama's nest now. You got to spread your own wings. You got to soar on your own. You got to uh, grow up real fast, quick, fast, in a hurry. And, um, you know, I came there as a very, very shy kid, uh, but I, I, I left that campus as a man. And uh, a mature one as well. Um, I mean, there were times where I, I didn't have the finances to stay on college. And my mom said, hey, you know what? You've exhausted the money for college. You got to find a way to stay up there or you're going to have to come back to the house and pay rent. And so I had to uh, write essays. And I, I started to find out that I was pretty good as a writer. And I was getting scholarships and grants and became a resident advisor and things of that nature. And so um, I was able to uh, to really put myself through school and find a way to 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 make something of myself.
0: Wow, yeah. that that's an awesome pivot from yeah. you know going through cancer to hearing another set of bad news to say, look, if I can handle and kick cancer butt, I can handle anything. Yeah. Um, the perseverance of being on that campus, um, did you join any groups like fraternities or anything like that when you were there?
1: No, I was recruited a few times, um, but it just—I just I just didn't feel like it was for me. And I, I knew probably my grades were gonna suffer. And I just, I said, hey, I got, I'm here. Y'all are trying to recruit me as a junior or senior now. Nah, I, I came this far on my own. Let me just Let me just keep it going. Um, I remember one time I I came back home uh, from a little break on college campus or whatever the case may be, and I'm at a convenience store. A guy inconveniences me. He recognizes me from church. I recognize him. He don't he don't say what up though. He don't say hello. He don't say what's good, bro. He walk up to me and say, "I thought you died." Now sunshine, I was get I was so angry I was getting ready to have a Will Smith Chris Rock moment, and I wasn't gonna be Chris right I my fist balled up so 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 strong i was getting ready to go oops upside that brother's head i was gonna have an assault charge i didn't even know what emotional intelligence was at this time right something came over me to where it was able to calm me down because my blood was boiling and uh it was just a reminder to me that so many people gave up on me and even i was the one who almost gave up on myself but to to be confronted by somebody like that, who just said something like, "Those are fighting words." Yeah. You know, still to this day, I still feel it, and it's been years.
0: Yeah, yeah. But to
1: uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was the Holy Ghost that got a hold of me, <laughs> cause it, cause I was gonna get a hold of him.
0: I'm sure, and right every soul. Yeah. Wow. Yeah oh he just put you in the grave huh
1: telling you and it, there were other people who probably thought it just didn't say it but he had the, the unmitigated gall to try to come up in my face and say that to me
0: that is yeah. crazy
1: yeah
0: wow the the right mm-hmm. choice yes on day on yes um he's saying that you made the right choice
1: yeah um, I made the right choice for sure
0: any any moment could have turned real ugly, Um, ugly. being black in Detroit. Oh yeah, oh
1: yeah. Oh,
0: they would have had a field day with you. Um, And so those moments going back to campus and saying, look, I wanna finish, I wanna go all the way. um, Were there people around you as far as mentors?
1: Yeah, thankfully. Um, I had mentors on on a college campus. I remember Dr. Ron Woods is a professor um, on a college campus at Eastern Michigan. And even prior to that, I had mentors who didn't look like me. That I really had no experience in dealing with brothers and sisters who didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was during my time, especially uh, right before I went to college, uh man by the name of mr tom winham his wife was my um homebound teacher when i was not able to go to school Mm -hmm. and he took me to my first baseball game you know i'm i'm going to a baseball game with a white man and i had really no connections or even interactions with white people outside of going to the high school at that particular time and it was culture shock and, uh, but to see, you know, I learned that just because somebody doesn't look like you doesn't mean they can't fight for you. Mm. And it kind of changed my perspective on race yes. and, uh, being able to see people for who they are, not just for the skin that they're in,
0: Absolutely. um,
1: and still being cognizant and conscious of me being a black boy, a black man. And I've always been color conscious and race conscious. Um, so it opened up a different perspective for me to embrace people of different persuasions and ethnicities. Um. Um,
0: That is a a good point. I tell people all the time. Um, I went to the University of Michigan for two years, the Ann Arbor campus. Mm. And my freshman year, uh, the city of Ann Arbor and Ipsy allowed the Ku Klux Klan members to march down our dyag. With the sheets, the hoods, the shotguns, and my first thought was, it's 1996, what the hell is this?
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Now, the moment is, I've seen this in movies, I heard my grandmas talk about it, I've seen them in all these documentaries, I never said I didn't believe that this happened or that they exist. But this is 1996 and I'm on a well-known college. What in the world is going mm. on? I had the the fortunate or blessing that my neighborhood was mixed. Until, you know, some of them are still there. My neighbor what to my right was um Caucasian. Um mm. some across the street were Caucasian. No, she's still there. But I never had that moment of black, white, this and that. No, we just love each other. We make sure that all of us are, that was my village. And then, of course, you know, you, within that moment, you always have that um, skin difference of being lighter than our other mm-hmm. folks. So I always got teased like, yeah, you know, you got white people in you. Oh, okay. And what does, I'm sure we all, all right. got something, we so right. <laughs> why does that matter? So to have those moments in 1996, freshmen, and my first thought was everybody um, that I knew or didn't know of any ethnic other than white was m- messed up. Mm. I automatically ran Back to my dorm, caught my grandma like, I'm ready to pack up and leave because I'm i I'm fearful of my life right,
1: because this right. just
0: happened. And she said, you will not. God got you here for a reason. And he's going to watch over you. He's going to protect you. You didn't get this far for no reason.
1: Mm.
0: He said, but what I want you to do is keep your eyes open.
1: Right. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I said okay, I get it. But from that moment, it never changed me, on how I look or deal with other people. Yes, okay, some people have that that issue. I don't. But at the the moment of, I'm gonna move forward. My mentors, none of them were black. Mm. None of them.
1: Wow, wow.
0: So either I accept the help or you don't Mm. why would you sit there and be ignorant of your choosing because the person who's helping you is not of your background
1: right right
0: no so I understand and then the moment of we realize we have more in common than we are different and you'll Mm. never know that until you start talking
1: (sighs) Powerful. It's true.
0: Until you have conversations. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: what we do here is not interviews. I'm having a conversation with another human being. Yeah. And when we find out pieces, you like, oh, that happened to me too. Oh my God, yeah. we lived in the same neighborhood? Wow. These different things happen and you like, now it draws us closer. Because yeah. we have things in common. So, Now that we know that, you're excelling at EMU. You have mentors. You have made a conscious decision that I will be successful. I'm going to prove everybody wrong who put me in the grave. That's a statement. That's a lifestyle. A lifestyle that most people don't get the privilege to live. So now that we have um, gone through these moments, you have graduated from, you did graduate from e- EMU, right?
1: Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: sometimes we, yeah, you degree know, we in transfer, education. right, we transfer yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, so what there. did you go to, um, what did you major in?
1: Yeah, I majored in secondary education, focused in history. Uh, that was one of my favorite subjects in school. So I did a history major and uh, I wanted to keep the sports component. So I had minored in phys ed. Mm. physical education. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's funny. So my, that's my, what I was My former school
1: professor school. would would hate for me to say phys ed. He said there's no phys in physical education. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, I went ahead and did both of those. And so uh, a lot of people think physical education is just You throwing a a volleyball or you hitting a volleyball, playing volleyball, basketball, whatever. No, you got to learn anatomy and physiology. Yes. You got to learn the bones and the muscles. It was an arduous course to take.
0: So that that goes along with, is it kinesiology?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
0: See, I know a little something.
1: Come on, you got it? (laughs) A little little something. I probably got some homework still do <laughs> what did what did you what did you study up at, e, at U of M
0: so I was going to be um a teacher second ed um, oh, Okay. and I was going to I was going to try to catch them early so I think I was going to do middle school and oh, okay and studying English I love English mm. so um the the point of learning the fantasy world or you could create whatever you want and no, no wrong or no right uh, reasons to it. Um, Yeah. That was the love of words and um, expressing yourself um, through your, your tribulations and your trials. And Mm -hmm. so I thought it would be cool to teach that way, but God had another idea instead of teaching in the classroom, he had me educating through experiences. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I never got a fin. I never got a chance to finish school, but God had me in a different type of school.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we go through the school of the hard knocks. You go to university university,
0: diversity. Absolutely. <laughs> Say that right. You know. I don't want to go back to them schools, but <laughs> however, right,
1: right, right. we you got a PhD in your experience.
0: Yes. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I don't want to go I'm back.
1: You. Right, so my right. point
0: is, you know, I try to educate, learn the lessons, and pass them on. Mm-hmm. So we don't have people just wasting time and wasting or getting to the point of hitting the same brick wall when you don't have to. I hit it enough for both of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's
0: get into the empowerment speaker, the college professor, and the founder of the Eagles Academy. Where did all of this come from?
1: Sometimes I ask the same question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it really came from um, my, my experience in my senior year. Uh, my mother was really impressed upon me you need to write a book. I'm like, I need to write a what? I'm trying to, I don't even write a letter home. I mean, write a book. And, um, you know, of course I'm letting it go in one ear out the other. And, you know, she would let me know, hey, it's been six months since I told you. you, ain't got nothing on paper yet. And uh, she basically gave me a homework assignment. I need X, Y, Z, cha- a chapter done by a certain amount of time. And, um, I'm like, I'm not writing no story because I didn't want to touch on the cancer. I didn't Mm want to really talk about that. It was kind of embarrassing for me. And uh, she said, you know, it's a testimony. Somebody needs what you have. And uh, as I I was writing, I was healing. You know, I had some bitterness towards my father. He never showed up one day for me in the hospital. Uh, People I thought were praying for me, were literally praying on me, gave up on me, didn't think much of me. I didn't think much of myself. I was not the most likely to succeed from high school. In many cases, I was the least likely to succeed, and so I bottled all that up and put my pain on paper and uh, turned into power. Uh, I, did, I didn't. I ha- didn't. I didn't go to therapy at that time, but writing became therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And um, looking at my mortality, looking at spirituality, looking at uh, my mentality, and putting that all together to. to empower people to overcome obstacles and um i said i'm only gonna write this one book so i can get my mom off my back
0: that's what you're
1: and uh that's what i thought but you know after everybody asked you the first one when do you you know they when always say hey, the second know, one. When, when is the second one coming <laughs> and so um you know it, it really just kind of just blossomed and ballooned into the fact that i really started enjoying and loving the writing process. And I never thought I would be writing books on the beauty and the battles of black women. I never thought I'd be writing about the mask of masculinity. I never thought I'd be right about unwrapping the, your gift and uh, the 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 adverse treatment that black boys experience in in these yet to be United States of America with prisons built on based on second and third grade reading scores. I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I never wanted to do what I'm doing now um i i was a shy kid so to be a speaker i, I didn't see myself doing that at all i uh, started in church started with american cancer society telling my story and uh you know it, it's 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 ballooned and blossomed to tv and media and shows with you people like yourself um you know i had a lot of dark moments so to experience some sunshine uh, Absolutely. Pun intended, pun intended.
0: Yes, point intended. Is, uh
1: yeah, uh has been um you know a, a beautiful struggle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So while you're talking, I'm all like, okay, come on, Moses. Moses didn't want to free people. Moses said, Why Sweet. why me? I got yeah. a stuttering problem.
1: Yeah.
0: I just killed somebody. You yeah. show me yes you doctor my i'm not a doctor you are (laughs) i'm just saying
1: god can use the least likely to do the most mighty (laughs) you know He don't call qualified people he qualifies those he calls
0: and and when we think about all the the great exploits or exploits in the Mm -hmm. bible it was from people who didn't want to? Yeah. Who's like, I got a drinking problem. I stutter. I this. Mm-hmm. I'm that. I'm the least. I'm this. Da, da, da. He like, are you done? Yeah. Cause you still gonna be chosen. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: So not only did you not want to write a book,
1: okay. it
0: say on this paper, this one right here that I I was reading stumbling over words but however i got through it uh it's like you wrote 14.
1: you sure <laughs> ain't a typo <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i got on my good glasses 14 best-selling books yeah hmm that don't look like that don't sound like somebody who wasn't chosen
1: yeah it's true, it's
0: hmm. true. all right That's what it say on this paper that I'm reading.
1: It also say,
0: (laughs) not only you served on and served with great people in Michigan. And we know with ministry, come on, we going to go there. With ministry, the whole point is to serve.
1: Yeah.
0: And God will give us grace for the gift. The mm. gift will make room for you. Come on now. It's happening as we speak. The gift will continue to make room for you because you serve a great God. Yeah. See, I'm on my own show, so I can talk about God. On, you know Lord. what I mean? Come on
1: now. Come on now. I can talk all right. about him. So it's all him
0: all of it yeah the the obedience right is what's gonna open the doors you can't get nothing from God not being obedient period mm-hmm. so it say you served as president of the national entrepreneurs Association of Michigan right mhm
1: yeah.
0: um and that means the entrepreneurship that means you, you know, you have business of your own, right? Without a doubt. No. Oh, I, I'm, you know, a little bit. <laughs> so, in order for you to be the president of it, that means you know a little bit about business.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: So, well. let's talk about the business that you know.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think where, where do I start? Uh, I think it is, um, first for me, I had to identify that I have gifts, I had talents and how I could not just keep those talents to myself, but how to help other people, you know, Zig Ziglar said, if you help people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And so, um, you know, stirring up the gift, as you talk about your gift, making room for you. Uh, don't matter if the room is crowded, it's going to still make room for you. And so, you know, whether that's through, through, through the publishing, whether that's through the mentoring uh, programs I've developed, um, uh, 501C3 with, the, with my vision summit, or just even the speaking prowess, you know, that I've been able to uh, latch a hold to. Uh, all of that has been ministry in the marketplace. And um, everybody may not have a pulpit, but we do have a platform.
0: You better say so, it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think it is uh, really being purpose driven and, and really honing in and tapping into what is my skill set? What are my gifts? A job is what you're paid for. Your calling and your purpose is what you're made for.
0: You almost get, made me get up off this couch and run around this living room.
1: <laughs> go ahead and take you a praise break. It's all right.
0: Where <laughs> is the organ when I need him? What? what? <laughs> we
1: we, we don't I need, I need no, music, no music is what we used to say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> don't you stop nothing. Hey, don't start no. Won't be none.
0: No! Yes, sir. <laughs> you don't need no
1: that's you a throwback know. for sure it's, it's throwback thursday so it is that's a throwback for sure woo.
0: <laughs> yes sir uh. mm. hallelujah uh, woo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now we understand um as cassandra is saying you know you got to reach down into your toolbox toolbox of gifts because yeah, um, god cool. gave us plenty and one thing I want people to understand that we we have if we're you know fasted after God and He's multi 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 that means there's multiple in you. Mm. You're not just one dimension. So right. there's other things, even at different levels and ages, you find out you could do more. Like wait, yeah. I could. When did I learn how to? He's like, yeah, it's been in you all this time. Mm-hmm. Now it's yeah. time for you to tap in. Right. It's time for you to tap in. Um, let's Most into- people are
1: successful after 40 than they are before.
0: You say Most after Most people don't
1: realize it. Most people are successful in their life post 40 than they are before. So a lot of people feel like, oh, you've hit 40, 50 years old age. Your life is over. No you think about well, the other day when she didn't hit uh her peak till she was at 40.
0: what come on now angela bassett come on listen right, here right <laughs> that means the, the race
1: is not given to the swifter to the, to the listen, strong
0: this big toe about to step into the water That's what's about to happen.
1: <laughs> come on now come on launch 40, out into the deep
0: oh come, come on 45 is looking good there you go Hallelujah. Yes, Lord.
1: Yeah. So, You're just hitting your stride.
0: Woo! You're going to make me get up off this couch now. Your ladder
1: gonna... shall be greater.
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: You're going to restore the years.
0: He go. Oh, sh- Ooh. listen here.
1: <laughs> you over there fanning now. It <laughs> done got hot over there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: all I can say. Uh, you lucky I ain't got no wig on right now. <laughs> so I'll be, I'm coming for your edges. <laughs> I'm gonna snatch every single one of them. <laughs> ain't gonna have no edges when I'm through with you.
0: Woo! no,
1: what's
0: up? <laughs> Whole glued and clips and everything
1: is gone. <sighs> oh, hilarious! Lord. You oh. ain't supposed to be having me act up like this tonight. <laughs> trying to be real cool calm and collected you can't (laughs) can't.
0: this is what i bring to the table oh god there is this
1: conversation
0: jesus all right oh i can't even see right now lord jesus it needs my good glasses (laughs) (sighs) so lord so you developed the mentorship program um and what was that about was that because of things that you saw in the system or was that just a personal thing that you wanted to do
1: it was a little bit of both um i did my masters at mary grove and i was focusing on uh, i took a deep dive into literacy looking at um illiteracy and incarceration being interconnected and how black men are warehoused at a disproportionate rate in America, which is incarceration nation, which houses 95% of the world's prison population. Mm-hmm. And um, I was teaching at this time and I saw, whenever I, it was time for reading in class, when boys opened up books, they closed their eyes. They got the best naps. And I realized it was due to the fact of what they were reading. Walter Dean Myers, who's written over a hundred books Said, books transmit values. If I'm not in the book, what does that say about my value? And so Mm -hmm. I had to provide culturally relevant literature to where our boys saw their lives reflected in what they read. Mm -hmm. You got to give them, yeah, we want them to read The Great Gatsby, but let's give them some books that speak to their greatness. Let's give them letters to a young brother. Let's give them Monster. Let's give them Make Me Wanna Holler. Let's give them, you know, books written by black people, you know, to let them know that, you know, it's not just white or otherwise who only writes books. It's, it's actually people like yourself who tell our stories. And so, uh, and then it was another thing as well. It was an opportunity for me to mentor, quote unquote, my 13, 14, 15 year old self, when I didn't have one. That was the primary mm-hmm. reason why I developed a mentoring program because of what I didn't have. I didn't have that big brother uh or that mentor at that age when i was struggling and to see these young brothers with absentee fathers and that was my testimony with um with people who have given up on them with them dealing with emotional issues and and um trying to develop and learn what's the difference between how do how, what's the difference between a male and a man how do i tr- mm-hmm. shift from boyhood to manhood and mature and uh it's been it's been powerful. Many of the brothers who have been in our our mentoring sessions have graduated from college. They're tailors now. They're they're in corporate world, but they're also in trade schools, um, doing engineering degrees, all types of things. And so um, I'm just glad to just sow some positive seeds into the lives of our our, our new generation leaders. So when you were able to get these
0: monumental awards um from the former president Barack Obama yeah, yeah. listed as the top thirty five millennial influencer in america top forty top this top that I mean what how does that make you um, feel, or what is the next motivation beyond this? I mean, because I know you ain't stopping, so yeah. what we doing?
1: It's humbling to me um, because I know that I come from humble beginnings. And it, it is what uh, Denzel Washington said. He said, man gives an award, God gives a reward. It is the fact that service is the rent we pay for the space we occupy.
0: So mm. receiving
1: an award is just a reminder to me, that I still got more work to do. Um, let me roll up my sleeves. I'll celebrate for the moment, but tomorrow is 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 on to the next thing. It's on to the next one. Let me let me get back to the drawing board and roll up my sleeves and uh do more work to to transform our lives and transform our communities.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's really what
1: it's about. Yeah.
0: I I talk often about um we need our village back yeah yeah the village was not just my house my family it was the neighbors it was the church it was the school it was everywhere we went someone was there to cultivate to protect to support to push um all of these things Mm -hmm. and when we all come back together and stop being selfish um, all we want to do is help. I'm not jealous of you. I'm confident in my own self. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to uh, do any backdoor things to try to get ahead of you. When is my time, best believe it's my time.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I want to see everybody win. Mm-hmm. And so we have been saturated with this negative narrative um and one of my things is i have more black males on my show than i have females why it's because Mm -hmm. i want to show the opposite of what we've been shown i know a lot of black males that are doing great things that are in their household with their children actually single fathers but no mothers Mm -hmm. around that are taking care of their kids by any means necessary not selling drugs got factory jobs doing all these um things to try to make sure that their children don't come become a statistic so again it's great to know somebody from the d from detroit and i ain't talking about dallas Sorry,
1: when I say <laughs> no, D, that ain't the D, that's Detroit, right? That's right. I'm
0: just saying that's right because
1: that's right.
0: when they say the D, they be thinking Dallas. No, no, no,
1: no,
0: we the D. That's so, right. in those moments of saying, Look, we got to take a stand, I'm out here making sure that the young black men, young black girls, see positive faces out here. Mm-hmm. And we all don't look alike. But we out here doing something to make sure we covering up the holes. You ain't got to fall down a pit hole. You don't got to go sell your body. You got brains. Yeah. And that makes you dangerous. Oh, yeah. You got imagination.
1: <clears throat>
0: that really makes you dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you are creative that makes you dangerous. Get dangerous. But however, oh, you're out here on the front line. This thing said, <clears throat> with my good glasses, hold that thought. <laughs> At least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10. ten major. Nope, it's more than that. However, he's been on a lot of
1: stations.
0: (laughs) He's been on a lot of networks. He has been at Megafest, not just there, but speaking. Now you know you got to be somebody.
1: Oh, that was an amazing moment.
0: So how did that happen? Well, did he like reach out mm-hmm. to you personally, like I want you to be a part of MegaFest? How did that happen?
1: Well, this is what happened. I um. I got contacted by his team, and um, this is what maybe 2017 or something. And th- this was the last MegaFest. Uh, I didn't realize that was going to be the last MegaFest, but this one was in Dallas. I just so happened to meet him when he came to Detroit, uh, at a show. Uh, he was talking about his new book. I think it was uh, sore at this time. It was getting ready to come out. And so I'm like, y'all got to let me meet Bishop Jakes. because I'm about to speak at Megafest next week. And so I, I happened to um, talk with him uh, a little bit. And he, I was on this Potter's Touch and he did an introduction. We, Dr. Doctor Eddie Connor's is going to be speaking at Megafest. I'm like, this man is saying my name. Um, so I spoke it. I went to his birthday party in, in Dallas, and I mean, after Megafest, and I'll, I'll talk about Megafest shortly, but uh, you got Kirk Franklin on one side, you got Emmett Smith on another side, you got Devon Franklin on another side. I mean, it's just, you got Charlie Wilson performing, you got Joe performing, and this, I think this might have been his, I don't know if this was his 60th birthday celebration. It was just amazing. You got Sarita there, First Lady Sarita Jakes. Um... Uh, I think some of his children there. It was just a star-studded event, and I'm like, I'm in a room with these people. You know what I'm saying? It's just amazing. Um, But I spoke at MegaFest, and it I had about two thousand people in my session, and I'm backstage, and I'm getting ready to look. I'm looking through the curtain. I'm like, I ain't never spoke to this many people at one time in my life, and I'm feeling imposter syndrome. I'm feeling real. straight scurred not scared Mm -hmm. scurred you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying I'm like I don't think I can do this Uh and then I'm like I better do this they flew me from Detroit to Dallas Uh and um I heard God speak to me and just say everything that you went through prepared you for this moment and I went out there uh like a one-man wrecking crew and and just did my thing and just let God have his way. And the people were just totally empowered. Uh, people I still talk to this day, still, still talk to to, uh, to this day because of that session. Um, but it was just an amazing moment for me to, to use my gift, to share my testimony and my story. Um, and I think I brought 500 books with me that day uh, during that weekend. And I'm like, I don't know, how I'm gonna sell this many books. I got Joseph Prince, who's on TV and next to me. Uh, I think it was Paula White over there. On another end, It was other preachers and speakers and notable people. I'm like, I'm just a kid from Detroit <clears throat> and people are just gonna be walking past my table. Did you, Let me tell you this, I left there with no books. No books.
0: Praise the Lord. I
1: outsold <laughs> many other people whose name is bigger than me. Wow. And his team was like, How did you, how in the world did you sell these books? Because I was basically, I wasn't as known as they were. So I was basically a no name compared to them. And I just said, Hey, you know what?
0: God did that. The grace
1: of God. But also, I'm from Detroit. I know how to hustle. <laughs> I, know how to, I know how to hustle. I, I said, I'm not about to ship these back with UPS and spend more money. I said, oh, I'm man. about to sell these things. And uh it, it just showed me that, you know, I could really hold my own despite whoever's around me, or whoever's name may be bigger than mine. A lot of times we get so self-conscious about that. Just gotta be you and and the right people are gonna gravitate to you and your voice and your persona. You're yeah, not for everybody. I mean, and you gotta understand true. that. Yeah, you, you know, you gotta be cool with that too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. um you can't go wrong with sunshine though
1: <laughs> everybody wants some shots everybody everybody loves the sunshine is that what that stuff the song says
0: and listen they moved to california in florida yeah for the what
1: for the sunshine oh okay weather. yeah i'm cute. just
0: saying um so we, we've seen you on some of the Steve Harvey TV show, Tom Joyner show, Megafest. We saw you in the movies, in the documentaries. And <clears throat> as always, as I go back to Moses, and I keep hearing this about you, it's like he parted the Red Sea for you. Mm. Even when you doubt it, even when who, me? Who, me? Yeah, you. Even in on this side, on the left side, and on the right side, and Pharaoh behind you. He said, yeah. look, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord.
1: Come on now.
0: And that's the story. It's in the book. One of the most popular stories in the book. Why? It's called Confidence. You're not talking about your own confidence. It's the confidence in God. It never leave us nor forsake us, never put us in the wrong situation. We just got to trust Him. That's
1: right.
0: Now you have been walking in the promised land in the land of Canaan. The land (laughs) of milk and honey. You done sold 500 books. You have been in places that most people would dream to be in not only representing the city of detroit survival of stage four cancer yeah and you still got more to do
1: lord have mercy Hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i opened up the show and said you make it look so easy
1: Yeah, I did. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. I said, boy, you don't know to have."
0: But see, I said you make it look. I ain't say it was easy. (laughs) (laughs) You make it look easy.
1: I guess I'm doing it right if I make it look easy.
0: I'm just saying. I I was saying off camera. I'm like, I met you before. I've actually bought one of your books. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Wow, for me, it's the moment of I can sit down and talk with anyone, even Oprah herself. I'm not intimidated, I'm not scared. And you, you prestigious. Do you hear me?
1: (laughs) You far too kind.
0: You special. And you got doctor in front of your name, and I thought it was so a blessing that I had two doctors on in one week.
1: Ain't that something?
0: God is funny; he really is. Um, I've had an awesome time with you. Um, we didn't chopped it up like I was living right next door to you, um, which makes people understand right, right. that you're human um and that you're approachable because some people get to a status and they're not approachable um and I was very glad that you took my invitation to have this wonderful conversation um I was wondering how this was going to go but God never gives me the precursor to what's going to happen he just says show up i got the rest i told you before whatever god wants to do i'm i'm just here yeah
1: well you showed up and he showed out
0: i'm just saying it happened (laughs) um i do have a a little bit more questions so what is something that people will be surprised to know about you
1: uh that uh i'm related to prince my mother's first cousin is prince my grandmother and prince's uh father brother and sister what purple rain Prince. what yeah
0: we didn't read this in the book nowhere
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's in it's in one of the books it's in one of the books Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you mean the table- Sadly, sadly,
1: sadly we had to speak at the funeral my mother died for him uh, in Minneapolis, but uh, yeah.
0: Wait, (laughs) oh, this is really, I'm gonna have to, Find out how you do. Cut the the thing and put a reel up like, I'm talking to somebody (laughs) related to prince. And I'm blasted all on social media. Are you kidding me? No. Well, that is a first. I am. Yeah. Ooh-wee. God, you funny. When I tell you he be bringing the best, he be bringing the best wow yeah yeah so okay going back to okay thank you Jesus so going back to music right
1: Hmm.
0: if you can do a collab with someone right oh yeah who would you do a collab with dead or alive
1: oh I've never been asked this question before I know a collab
0: a so collab. You say,
1: I, you say for me to do a collab, you got to think I got a, some 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 musical gift in me. Then <laughs> what, is,
0: what, is, what is you saying? What?
1: Um. Shoo, boy, that's tough. Um. I would say somebody like Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Woo-hoo-hoo! Um yeah um boy prince of course
0: <laughs> of course.
1: i would i probably wouldn't have to do much he plays everything right.
0: everything
1: he plays everything um and and maybe uh let me go gospel on it too um john p key mm. john p key man that that as a kid me listening to john p key's music it was like the gospel james brown him him doing all the hiccups and and, yes. and the band i mean he's he's a, he's a musical genius
0: yeah um yeah i actually Stevie Wonder by far, he's not underrated, but yeah. he's definitely a musical genius. I a literally genius. sung ribbon in the sky to my husband at our wedding. Wow. Um and it he's um he crosses over generations. Um yeah. my parents Song the same song to each other at their wedding. Um, mm. And any road trips, it was them. It was him, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Patty LaBelle, um, mm. Commodores, um, Whitney, and probably some more. But music just transcends so, so much. Um, and to speak of, the moment of when you're chosen just going to the audit speaking of you ever heard of Perilous Times?
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard of that uh the theatrical play. Yeah.
0: So I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually part of the chorus.
1: Really? I was about to say, don't tell me you're part of it.
0: I am. Um so, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but even I'm going to the auditions, I'm in the room full of gifted and talented people from the city of Detroit, well-known gospel artists. And I was the second in the audition to sing. There's one person went before me and she tore the house down. Mm-hmm. We can hear her in the hallway. And I'm number two. And I said to myself, you want me to do what after her? What could I possibly do? (laughs) And the lady said, "Um, be you. You don't know what they're looking for. That's good. Do your best. That's all you can say. That's all you can do. That's all you can ask for. And at the time, my hair was green. So I go in. And the two producers of the show were, oh, okay, tell me about yourself. Do this, do that. I sung a song they never heard of. So I'm thinking, strike one. <clears throat> I sing this song and they're like, oh, you sound so good. Yeah. Can you showcase your range? I didn't practice that. Well, do the same song. Go up. They had me sing six octaves higher than I normally sing. Oh my. And I'm like, I didn't practice that. I sound horrible. This is in my voice cracking, and all this. That's like, you did good. But I want you to know you can do better. Mm. And I'm like, you have been doing things beneath your potential. So I thought. That was negative. Why am I saying this? Mm. Because sometimes to somebody else, if you haven't had the trained ear, you would think something positive is something negative.
1: Right, right.
0: Well, a month went by, I got a letter saying, congratulations, you made the course. Mm. I was not expecting that, I was okay was saying I audition. The right, guy said yeah. nope. You out the boat Ain't now.
1: Bigger. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't see a <laughs> boat no more.
1: water. Hmm.
0: I'm swimming. How deep you wanna go? Yeah. The boat don't exist. So doctor. What what's what's the next plan?
1: Well, the next plan for me, uh, I'm working on a few projects now. i going to be releasing my 15th book soon. Um, so in the next few months, it'll be coming out. Uh, just doing, you know, staying on the ground with the speaking, but really rolling up my sleeves, engaging the community even more. So uh, especially on the east side of Detroit, there's a lot of work that we need to do a lot of lives that we need to touch. And so, I've been in these schools, I was just speaking at uh, uh, Cass Tech University to a lot of young, bright minds over there and uh, empower them to, to, to choose excellence over excuses and uh, to perse- persevere by any means necessary. And then, also, uh, our Eagles Academy is a, uh, a community that. Uh, I've really built and we've had so many great individuals who are part of our sessions. We do it every single Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. where I'm teaching and empowering on uh, how to take your ideas to, to income, and increase your ideas, your influence, your income and your impact. And so we do that through God, goals, gifts, greatness. People wanna be a part of our Eagles community. All they have to do is go to www.TheEaglesAcademy.com and uh, they can really be a part of an enriching community that's all about transparency and truth and uh, really empowering you to get the best out of who it is that you are. I really believe somebody's waiting on you to become who you are so they can become who they're supposed to be. And so, uh, our Eagles Academy is gonna empower you to spread your wings, soar into success and purpose.
0: Wow. Did I get that yeah. right? Let me see. Is yep. that right? Eagle,
1: the uh, Eagles, uh, yep, the eaglesacademy.com. Okay. Yep.
0: So, um, I want to make sure that everybody um, gets this information. He is um, Eddie Connor Jr. on Facebook, Twitter, yes. and IG. If you want to okay. follow, support him. Um, He is one of our own. Uh, We can claim him. I do. Um, From the city of Detroit, who's doing wonderful, awesome things in our community and around the world. Um, He is internationally on purpose because that's Mm -hmm. where he comes from. So again, um, this is major. This is real major. Um, A few announcements. Govern yourself accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) So in October of last year, I was able to um, publish my first single book called The Blueprint Guys Design. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is out on Amazon right now. Basically, God told me that... um, you're going in the wrong direction, and that's why you are frustrated. You're trying to do my job, and I need you to sit down and reset. So I didn't have a choice. So in those moments of me redefining God's way is how um, I'm telling you how to get back to the blueprint. You can't build nothing forward if you don't have a blueprint. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's the thing. Um if you want to continue to have the lights on and help me to continue to move forward in my endeavors. Um my cash app is here at dollar sign sunshine camila K A M I L A H that is how you spell my name for real. But however, we keep the lights on. Um you can do all of that. Um my special friend Alita Cotton does awesome ginger and turmeric Teas. And when I tell you I get them At least twice a week mm. And they're awesome um, Her um, tea line The company name is AC's T's 313-380-0321 She would be lovely And happy to hear from you guys um, And she's on Facebook At A Y E C E E. CEE um, Reach out to her and last but not least i hinted at it so april 6th through the 8th are you listening doctor i hope you're not i hope you're free uh april 6th through 8th i will be on the fisher's tip on a fisher stage
1: yes sir we ain't
0: playing at the theater um perilous times um this will be the last for detroit this has been um perilous Times have been in production for 30 years, and this will be um, the last one in Detroit. They're probably talking about going on the road, going to Broadway itself, or going to city to city. Just, you know, keep your eyes open and your um, eyes open, ears open. Um, tickets are on sale right now at broadwayindietrade.com. We are looking to sell out Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday um in the city okay um last but not least dr eddie connor what do you got to say to the people what do you have to say
1: listen I uh, definitely want to say thank you for the opportunity to have the uh for the invitation to share on the conversation and uh really speak truth to power and 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 uh empower the peoples what really what it's all about so I definitely appreciate you uh, for allowing me the space and place to be able to share and just uh, empowering people as well to uh, make this the year. I believe 2023 is your Psalm 23 year. Uh, goodness and mercy are going to follow you. Uh, God is going to uh, elevate you and take you to the next level. Uh, but you got to remember that he's your shepherd. And uh, He the Lord is not a goat herder like on... Uh, um, Coming to America Uh, The Lord is not a uh, A cattle driver, he's a shepherd So you gotta stay close to the shepherd And he's gonna give you Everything that you need He's gonna take care of the desires of your heart as well And so uh, keep leading, keep succeeding Keep going and growing Better is ahead for you
0: Absolutely Um, I can shout on that one too So um, Before I take my leap before I run around the church.
1: <laughs>
0: Again, this is a great conversation. Again, we like, share and subscribe to all the social media. Um, find him out, um, invite him, um, support everything that he he's doing. Like I said, this is international as well as locally. Um, we wanna see him and continue to see him succeed. Again, we believe in six degrees of separation. You're literally one person away, one advice away, one help away from where you need to be in your destiny. It's been proven over and over again since we started this show. Again, I will be back on in April. Nope. March 31st is mm-hmm. my next one. Uh, we have practice, practice. I have to cancel shows because of perilous Times is in two weeks. So again, um, keep us in your prayer again, share, share about prayerless times. We want to sell out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, April 6th through the 8th. Um, go to your broadwayindetroit.com or go to the Fisher theater in, um, the box office. Again, thank you, Dr. Eddie Connors for the, the many laughs, the many smiles, the wonderful education that you have given to us. And again, um. I look forward to seeing you on screen. I look forward to seeing you in books. And I look forward to seeing you in person again.
1: See ya. Peace and love.